Lord, as we look at this Joshua passage today, help us to be aware of the fact that there is a God spark within each one of us that is made in the image of God. And you have put this spark within us so that we can make the choice to serve you. That is our right, our dignity as human beings. And I pray most earnestly that the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts together will be acceptable to you, for you are our Lord and our Redeemer. Amen. Joshua was an amazing personage in the Old Testament, and he was given and claimed for himself several identities. He was, and this is an important piece, the successor to Moses. He was also a spy on behalf of the Israelites to check out the promised land. He was also a warrior. I don't know if you grew up with the song Joshua fit the battle of Jericho, but he was a warrior. He was also a prophet, but his primary identity, what made him the man was that he chose God. He was the man who chose God. God. Now Moses before him led his people out of slavery. And that's an important thing to remember that slavery flourished and was an accepted role and an identity that people had in that world. Freedom of individual choice that you can choose God and not be enslaved to anyone or anything. Those were not familiar ideas. And they did not especially have access to this essential truth, which we know intellectually if we don't know in our hearts, which is if God is the one who is chosen, the possibilities of our lives multiply. And in choosing God is our essential basic freedom. In choosing God, everything comes together. We live in a time when we also, whether we know it or not, are enslaved. We, when we give up our ability to choose, we're at the mercy of what we believe life has chosen for us. Think about what you hear all the time. Some kind of fatalistic thing, well, if God wants it to happen, it's going to happen. And in the big picture, that's a very comforting idea but in a way that kind of robs us of individual choice. We are not at the mercy of what we believe life has chosen for us. This sounds really mundane, what I'm about to say, but do we really choose what kind of cereal to buy? We might think we do, but we don't really look over the hundreds of options that are on the shelves to make a choice, we grab a box off the shelf impulsively or out of habit. And for some of us, it's habit that actually makes the choice for us. And recently I was at a restaurant and experienced menu fatigue. 
Have you ever had that where the pages are just too much? Pages after pages of stuff. Pages of options. So I chose what advertising told me to choose by succumbing to the food photographs. And I knew I was being manipulated as I pointed to the picture and said, I'll just have that. The word choice is kind of meaningless when we are enslaved to our impulses and the overarching consumerism all around us. And our culture itself does kind of enslave. You can't choose to not have cable TV. You can't choose to have the old-fashioned four channels. Not that we'd really want that, but you can't make that choice. And with hundreds of channels, we don't choose as much as gravitate to what we know. But the big enslavement is our enslavement to distraction. The purpose of our lives, the purpose of existence, I've become kind of convinced kind of convinced that it's something that people don't even seem to think about, much less talk about. And I remember in pre-marriage counseling talking to people about if you have a Christian marriage, the basic premise of that is that together you can serve God better than you would alone. So how are you going to serve God? What is the mission statement for this marriage? And people would say, yeah, to have kids and to raise a good kid. I said, that's wonderful, but so that they can do what? Raise another bunch of kids? I mean, what is the purpose here? I don't think people think about this. We're yanked around by distractions, emotional distractions, electronic distractions, relational distractions. And some of us even believe when we don't think about it, that isn't it the loving thing to do when someone is in emotional distress to be distracted by that? No, we do not regularly choose to serve God by spending essential time with him, focusing on him, worshiping him, because we are prone to be a slave to appetites and impulses a slave to habit, and responding to the loudest distractions. And Joshua was addressing the people who occupied the land, the promised land. And this is a world world that was given to them. Somebody else actually fought for it. Does that sound familiar? And Joshua said, you eat from olive groves you didn't grow. You drink from vineyards you didn't tend, and you live in cities that you didn't build, and you didn't fight for this. It was handed to you. So be very careful. You did not have that thrill and the focus of keeping a people alive. So you are especially prone to distractions. You are ripe and you are positioned to dismiss God. And without God, it's very possible to enter into a form of hidden slavery. Joshua said to the people, now fear God, respect the fact that he exists, that his ways are not our ways. Acknowledge the sacred. 
fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Commit to this. Throw away the gods that your forefathers worshipped beyond the river and when enslaved in Egypt. Our fathers, our forefathers determine who we are. My ancestors affect my life powerfully and so do yours. Our ancestor says, this is how you live in the world. This is what you feel. This is what you don't feel. Those of us from a Northern European culture were basically told, you don't feel anything in extremes, right? <laughs> you don't feel too much rage. And you certainly, I remember as a little kid, feeling joy and happiness and just being said, don't be silly. Knock it off. Don't be so silly. Just one of the countless messages that I received is you must do things quickly and efficiently and as efficiently as possible so if I made a choice to like take a longer prettier scenic route so my soul could be refreshed that's not a so choice that you would want to make if dad is in the car and he would say what are you doing where are you going Serve God first, above all else, even that, above all people. There is nothing heroic or commendable about loving a person more than God. And that is the big lie of our present age. All we have to do is look at a greeting card section in a store. People are not supposed to be God. In fact, there's a part of our love for the people we love that is actually withheld if we don't love God more. When we love God, we do stop looking at people to meet our needs in a way that only God can fulfill. People cannot be God, and they understood that then. I actually think that people believe that by loving people as much as God, we are loving God. But that can't be. Serve God first and all else will fall into place, including our capacity to love. Serve God and we become fully human, not a slave to circumstances, not a chess piece that's being moved around by life, not a passive low-level participant. Choose to serve God and life has meaning. And we have tapped into the power of creation and can rise above the distractions of life in order to bring love into life. Joshua commanded, choose this day whom you will serve. And then he says something remarkable. If you want to serve false gods, go ahead. But just be clear about what you're doing. Don't move through life unconscious and oblivious. He says, choose this day whom you will serve as for me and my household. We will serve the Lord. And we will be spiritually prepared, spiritually ready to choose the one who chose us to save humanity from bondage of all descriptions and all types, from hopelessness, powerlessness, obscurity, from despair, who came to love humanity into greater existence, away from all forms of slavery, Jesus Christ, 
who has given us his body, the church, so that we can participate in life and be his powerful, loving presence in the world. The good news of the gospel is, is that we have been set free so that we may choose to love our God. Let us pray. Lord, we recognize that in this world and in these times, we have been lulled away from seeing your reality. We ask for the grace to see how powerfully you exist and give us the courage to make the choices we need to make. We love you, Jesus. Amen.